Mindfulness Mode 432. When have you felt one of your biggest adrenaline rushes in your life? Welcome back to Mindfulness Mode with your host, Bruce Lankford. Great to have you here. Have you ever thought of launching a podcast? It is an exciting project, I can tell you. And I can also tell you that Podbean is a terrific host because if you have a podcast, you need a place for it to live. Podbean has been around for about 10 years and the pricing is competitive and I found it's a great place to have my podcast. You can support Mindfulness Mode and you'll get a month free of hosting by using my affiliate link. And Podbean is a very cost-effective place to host a podcast, but at the same time, very professional. Great place. You can go to podbean.com slash podbeanmm, standing for Mindfulness Mode. I'm still working on setting up the new membership group, so I'm excited about that. If you've filled in my survey, thank you. If you haven't, you can get into the action by going to my survey about this membership group at mindfulnessmode.com forward slash survey. And I'll thank you right now for doing that because it will help me a lot. And like I said, thank you to the people that have already filled out the survey today. We're going to be talking about getting to know people. We'll be talking about how to connect with others in a meaningful way. My guest has a story about the challenges he went through when he moved from his native country, relocated. He found it tough. He had some real challenges that he talks about. But now he helps hundreds of people make true friends and live a life of connection with people so that you know, they don't experience loneliness and, you know, this feeling of not being truly, truly connected to people. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Jan Keck. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Hey, Mindful Tribe, we're going to be talking today about a subject that I think we should talk about more. It's the subject of loneliness and how in this society we've reached this point where, well, a lot of people are lonely these days. And I've got a fantastic guest on from Toronto, Canada. I've got Jan Keck with me today. Hey, Jan, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am. And I'm ready to share some amazing wisdom, I hope. That's great. I'm so looking forward to it. I met Jan recently. I mean, I had met him before, but saw him again recently at an event in Toronto, an Archangel event. And it was so great to see him and be reminded about what he offers the world. And uh, I'm going to share a little bit about what you uh, are all about, Jan, with, with Mindful Tribe. Jan Keck empowers people who feel disconnected. He's all about dealing with loneliness head-on, using tools that can make a difference. While his story is partly about moving to Toronto, Canada, eight years ago, and at that time he had no problem at all meeting new people, but he did struggle to make real connections. And that's when he decided to do something about it to make a difference in the world. 
And we're going to talk about that today on the interview. And he also works in the area of video storytelling. He produces videos that conveys stories that we can all relate to. So Jan, tell us about mindfulness in your life to start off with. What does that mean to you? What's it all about in your life? So for me, being mindful really is being present. And that can be something that you can do by yourself, by just being present, what's happening in your body, what's happening around you. But I feel like it's something that we have to do much more when we interact with each other. Because with our smartphones in our pockets all the time, it's easy to be distracted. And that we're really present in a conversation with somebody else is, in my opinion, very rare now. Yeah, it sure is. I I totally agree with you. We talk about mindfulness, we talk about being present, but I think a lot of times not everybody totally gets what that's about. And and I think from your experience, it sounds like a lot of the relationships that you were making eight years ago were kind of superficial. So how did you move from that point into a point where you were meeting people on a deeper level? So the interesting thing is that when I, like you were mentioning, when I first came to Canada, I went to a ton of networking events. Like I probably went to at least five events a week, something like that. Like every night I would go just pick a random meetup or um, Eventbrite listing and I would just go. And I realized, especially after I started my own business, that a lot of people just want to exchange business cards. They just want to tell you about their business, they want to hand you their business card, and then they're not really interested in what you have to say, unless, uh, except like the only question they ask is, hey, so what do you do? And I left those events with a stack of business cards of people that I didn't remember the next day. And I was like, so that's, that's how you build connections. That's how you build a network. And I just could not figure out how to make it more meaningful. In the beginning, I, I was not even sure how, like I was working on how can I automate this whole process so I don't actually have to type in people's names in in an email and send them an email. I wanted to automate everything because I just felt it was so fake already. Right. Um, that, yeah, it took me a lot of years before I, by accident, kind of figured out what makes a more meaningful conversation or interaction with someone. And how did you figure that out? Um, I think there was one one kind of memorable event that I went to. It was a weekend retreat called Supernacular Weekend. And it was about 30 people that are all in a way change makers or people that um, were creating all kinds of different things, um, not just entrepreneurs, but just like they were creating things and working on, on their personal goals. That was what brought us all together. It was like a goal setting retreat. And in those in that one weekend, I literally made 30 new friends by sharing some meaningful personal stories and not being afraid to be vulnerable and like having real conversations. And the other thing we did is we did a lot of, we had a lot of shared experiences in that weekend. Um, It was in January, so it was freezing cold outside. And we went to climb these high rope structures together and we had to work together as a team and it was very challenging for a lot of us. And I think by having those types of experiences, we just grew very close together. So was this weekend intended to 
help you connect with other people? Or was it because you had grown to the point where you were ready to connect? I don't think the weekend was designed as like the purpose from the organizers to to create this community that they did. But it was it was a very beautiful side effect, I would say. Um, and I was at a point where I was ready, where I think at that weekend, I realized how meaningless and surface all my other relationships have been until now. And uh, after the weekend, that's when I made the more conscious decisions. Okay, I want to have more uh, of those types of relationships in my life. I know I want to have more of those types of conversations in my life. How can I, how can I get there or where can I find them? Right. And where did you find them? I stayed in touch a, like a lot with the people from that retreat. And I ended up going to that retreat actually for every year since then. Oh. Um, and it just grew into this little community um, of people that then also went to other events. So there's uh, an adult summer camp called Camp Reset that a bunch of us went to in the same summer. And then um, it kind of kept growing. Like every year they would host another retreat or another event and the community would just get uh, a little bit bigger. Oh, well, when did you get the idea of creating cards? So the cards was something that I originally had created just for a camping trip that I was organizing. Okay. And um, I just wanted to take a group of people out into nature off the grid where you don't have distractions because there's no Wi-Fi, there's no data. Um, you don't have cell phone reception. If Like we went to Algonquin Park for a backcountry canoeing trip. Right. So really off the grid. We had to bring all of our own food um, and our own resources. And because the people didn't know each other, I wanted to find a way for them to connect in the four hours it took us to even get to the park. So it was a four-hour car ride. And I literally just printed a bunch of questions that I had collected over the years onto some cards, yeah. handed a deck to each car and said, here, have a conversation. And by the time we arrive, that's when we're actually going to start with some other facilitated activities to help you just connect with yourself, connect with nature. And in the end, the goal was for everyone to connect to each other. Okay. And then that obviously must have been a success. It inspired the whole weekend to be about these amazing conversations that I feel like we never really had the courage to have in the city, or at least I didn't. One of the reasons why I printed these questions on the cards and I collected them in my phone over the years is because I always wanted to have those types of conversations with people. But once you print it on a card, it's very different than me asking the question. You read the question from the card and um, suddenly you take more ownership of it. It's not, I'm not putting you on the spot because in a way you chose the card or the card chose you. Um, and yeah, we had conversations under the stars in the middle of the night around the campfire. And at the end of the weekend, everybody felt so connected to each other. Plus every single person wanted to buy a deck of cards. And I was like, well, I, I wasn't planning on creating the, a product, but let me figure out how I could maybe get a couple more extra extra decks. And yeah, that was kind of the start of the idea. 
Well, that is really cool. That is really cool. Now, with your deck of cards, I'm just wondering, are some of the cards kind of like icebreakers to kind of get started and some of them are deeper and more thoughtful until you get to very personal topics or are they all kind of on the same same level? So the, the very first version that I had created for the camping trip was just called Deep Questions and it just had a question on the back. And... I've realized very quickly that sometimes when, especially we talk about the more vulnerable questions, yes. um, like one of the questions re related to the topic today is, when have you felt most alone? Mm -hmm. And um, if somebody picked that question as the very first thing to talk about with random strangers, it would usually backfire in a way where either they would get uncomfortable and not want to answer the, the question truthfully, or maybe they're super comfortable being vulnerable and they overshare and suddenly everybody else in the group goes like Ugh, that i don't know how to what to say now yeah um so it took me i think two or three iterations of creating uh what now are three different levels so there's curious questions which i say are the perfect questions to kind of get comfortable with the idea of having conversations and they're just below the surface if you think of surface level conversations and then the next one is called Brave, which just inspire you more to share more personal stories. And then the third level, the deepest one, is the vulnerable questions, which are questions you might not have ever answered to anyone, even to yourself. Right. So you can even use these cards personally for yourself. Is that right? Yeah. Like I actually have this writer's group that I was just mentioning to you before this call. And every once in a while, we would pick a question and then just journal on the answer. Um, but that's, I guess, a, a different use of the questions. Ideally, they're designed to help you connect with another person by sharing a personal story and being more vulnerable. That's how I believe relationships are really built. Well, I'd love to hear a story about someone who got their hands on a deck of your cards and then it caused a transformation in their life. Do you have a, a story you can share with us? Uh, there there are many stories. Like I get a lot of messages from people, um, especially from some of my friends that have used the cards a lot that use it with people that they already know. Um, some of them have used them with their parents. I, I actually created a whole separate deck that is the family deck because I wanted to connect with my parents a lot more. And I've had other people use that with their mom or with their dad. And um, they said they've they've connected with their parents in a way that they've never connected before. And there's that one is interesting. Yeah, there's one question in the parents version that is um, basically a reverse question. Um, what's something you always wanted to ask me about but never had the courage to? And I had one friend share not what the question actually was, but that there was something that he and his mom, uh, his mom, have never talked about, and it just allowed both of them to share parts of a story that they had a lot of assumptions about what the other person thinks or happened, and it helped them just move past it. And I think, I think as a result, they're now much much closer. Wow, I can imagine that happening. I think that's that's terrific. I want to ask you about the cultural change coming from Germany to Canada. Was was that a big cultural change as far as how we are willing to communicate with each other and connect? I think for sure. Um, when I first came to Canada, I felt, and I still 
believe that Canadians are some of the most friendly people anywhere. Um, but the problem that I've encountered is when people ask you, how's it going? I, in, in the beginning, thought people actually want me to answer that question. So right. I would tell them like how my day was and I would keep going on and on. And only after maybe a couple of weeks or months, I've realized that it's just a, um, like people just want to know, fine, thanks, how are you? And move on to the other part of the conversation. Um, sure. yeah. So in a way it felt very friendly, but it was, it was still very surface. So it felt very artificial. Yeah. Like it, in, in a way I've realized that one of the reasons why I personally don't enjoy small talk is because it almost feels like I have to be fake because I don't want to talk about the weather or sports or, um, how is it going? Fine. Thanks. How are you? So I actually had to pretend and that's no fun. Make up an answer. Yeah. And that just didn't feel, didn't feel truthful to who I am. Right. Right. And what about other, other cultures in the world? Do you think there are some cultures or if there are, can you tell us what they are where they just dig right into things that totally matter compared to other cultures like Canada, where we maybe have a fear of connecting and it takes us a long time. I don't know about many other cultures, but just like the, the difference to me with Germans and Canadians is that for Canadians, it's, it's very easy to start a conversation and you're probably going to stay at this kind of surface level for a while. And it's harder to get to the more meaningful, deeper relationships. And for Germans, I think that start of the conversation is really hard. But once you connect with someone, you're going to be friends really quickly and almost like friends for life. Like I think the the start is harder, but once you get there, you're you're much closer. I think a lot of us, and I don't know if that's just Canadians, but I think a lot of us just really have difficulty making true friends. Like you say, it's easy to make, you know, to make acquaintance with people and to, you know, talk about the weather or whatever, but to really make true friends is not an easy thing to do. No, I, I would even say for myself, it, it is not an easy thing to do for anybody that, that is not a child anymore. I feel like when we were children, it was much easier. Um, also, uh, because I'm an entrepreneur and I work from home a lot. I don't have a lot of social interactions. I always right. look back at um, going to school, like you're going to be with the same people Monday to Friday, almost every day of the week. The chance that you're going to find that one person that you're going to connect with, and then you can build your relationship much faster because you spend so much time together every day um, is different when you're an adult and you have to you have two busy adults that try to align their schedules and it just takes months before you even are both available at the same time. And then we're so easy to flake, uh, be flaky and decide to maybe stay in and watch Netflix instead of going out in, in a rain rainstorm to meet the other person. So where should this start? Should this start within our own families where we begin to become closer to them or should it start with strangers where we're trying to be less surfacey with them and, and deeper? Um, th there's this amazing quote, um, you are the five people that you spend the most time with. Right. And 
I believe that the first step is having a look at, okay, who are the people that you're spending the most time with? And are those the ones you actually want to connect with deeper? Because a lot of us, I would say, already have amazing potential great friends around us. We just haven't put in the time and effort to, to really build those relationships up. And then there's other people who might not even have the five people around them or struggling to come up with, with five. And then I think it's just a matter of um, like going out and turning strangers into acquaintances and then into friends. Right. Tell us some of the questions that are on your cards. Sure. Actually, let me pull up the deck. So I'm, I'm going to just pick one. Um, so let me pick one from the curious ones first. So they're just okay. below the surface. This is actually one that I like asking even at networking events now, because I completely skip the, the usual. So what do you do questions? And I go right. straight into more meaningful ones. Sure. Um, this one is, when have you felt one of your biggest adrenaline rushes in your life? Oh, that's a great question. I know the answer that comes popping right into my head was when I, I decided to invest in a, a rental property. And I decided mm. to buy this uh, apartment building. I was scared. I was like very, very, I had a lot of fear, but I had studied it a lot, studied, read books, and I really wanted to do it. And I believed in it. And I believed that I was doing the right thing at the right time, but I still had all this fear. So that was a huge adrenaline rush for sure. Yeah. Did, did you do anything to get kind of past that fear? Yeah, I did. I uh, I thought, what am I going to do with this fear? And this may sound crazy, but I just thought, I just have to clean <laughs> something. And and I just started, uh, I just started cleaning this carpeting. And uh, then it was just the craziest thing. I just had to take that uh, emotion right out into that process of actually physically doing something. Nice. That's great. Um, I oftentimes also try to add move some type of movement. Um, right. If it is doing a couple of jumping jacks or having a spontaneous dance party when nobody's watching, um, that usually helps me get more into my body and less stay less in my head. Right. Yeah, I don't think we move enough. <laughs> a lot of us. Yeah. Certainly for me, that's true. I. I do exercise every morning, but even then, you know, I, I end up in my studio and I sit here and I interview people and I edit and I do different things and I, I probably should move more. But from working from home, um, yes. again, you are sitting in front of the computer a lot and in a way, yeah, we need to move more or we need to, to have more social interactions. Um, Actually, one of the, the stats that they've, I think, came out with in the last year or two is that if you have poor social connections, is that it's as harmful to your health as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day or uh, as being obese. So it, it really makes you think when you, when you hear that. Yeah, it does make you think. And it's, it's very interesting you say that because as bad as we know smoking is, it is a social habit. That a lot of people, you know, take a break and they go out of their office or wherever they go and they end up talking to somebody, right? So that's an interesting point. Yeah. So I, I've never thought about it that way, but in a way it cancels each other out then. 
if you're smoking while socializing, then that should should be fine. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Although I would never recommend taking up smoking, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about. I think a lot of smokers are very social. I notice that. Yeah. So let's go to a card that's a little bit deeper. Sure. So I'll pick a brave one. Um, the one that I just picked from the middle is which parent are you closer to and why? Hmm. Well, my father just passed away in uh, January, and in the last three months before he did, I started to become closer to him. He started to share more, it seemed, and I think I started to ask him deeper questions. And I think that throughout my life, it's kind of, I would have always answered I was closer to my mother, I think, in the past. But then in the last, like I said, the last few months, I started to connect with him more and I started to identify that he had a lot of loves that kind of uh, paralleled some of mine. Like he loved music, he loved drama, he loved a lot of things that he, he you re- really wouldn't realize they were his loves until you got to know him more. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I've really answered your question, but uh, that has really evolved for me. How about you? Yeah, actually, I'll I'll give a quick side note. Usually, the way I introduce the cards and the questions is there. First of all, there are no wrong answers. So right. sometimes it's not about answering the question correctly. It's about sharing a story that uh, helps you connect with the other person. Sure. Um, and sometimes it's a memory pops up as soon as you read the question, and that's the one that you're supposed to share. At least that's what I believe. Right. Um, rather than trying to give the right or the correct answer. Um, and if there are questions that make you uncomfortable, usually when you get to like the the deeper questions, there are sometimes things that you don't want to share with whoever you're playing with. Sure. Um, I always give people the option you can exchange the card. Like we wouldn't do it the way we're doing where I'm reading the question and you're, right. you're responding usually. So yes. you get like this moment of reading the question in silence before, before you sh- even share the question with everyone else. Right. And you mentioned earlier in the call about situations where, you know, you can be too vulnerable. You can be in a in a place where you, you start sharing a story and then all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh, you know, I went too deep. So how do we avoid that? I have this beautiful metaphor that I actually tie back to that original camping trip. And it's about uh, how to light a fire. I don't know if you're, are you an outdoorsy person? Do you know how to, how to light a fire? If you, I, if I gave you the tools. I would be able to light a fire. I wouldn't consider myself a super outdoorsy person, but I, I believe I would be able to light a fire. Yes. So you probably know that you won't just hold up a lighter to a big log of right. wood you first get maybe some paper and then some little twigs and some bigger branches and at exactly. the end when the fire is going that's when you put the big brick on on the top and it's the same thing with conversations you have to kind of start getting warmed up and if there is a person that is very comfortable being vulnerable and sharing their job is to start at the same point as the other person like you can't you have to be at you basically you're building two fires at the same speed. If you're at a different point, it will not, you will not connect. Right. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. 
So I believe that um, just by like with my cards, having those three different levels that will take your conversation on the journey. And after every round, I usually suggest that you ask the group or whoever you're you're having a conversation with to all together decide if they want to go a level deeper because you don't have to. After sure. the first round or by the second question, even if it is a curious question, you will be more sharing more. Like that's just what what happens once people feel more comfortable and this trust is built slowly, you're more comfortable going deeper, even with a with a easy question. Right. So what are some of the deepest questions? And I won't say that I'm going to answer them, but I'm I'm curious as to what they are like. Um uh again, I'm not I don't want to pick a question. I'm just gonna randomly choose one. Sure. So the the, one, the first one that that I pulled up is how did you get through the tough times in your life? Right. So that that gives you a lot of choice as to how you might want to answer that. I I can tell. So you might just say, you know what, I I just prayed. Yeah. Or something as simple as that. You know. Yeah, and usually I I really encourage people to have follow up questions, and right. again going back to being present. Usually when we have conversations in like our everyday to day lives or at a networking event, it's you are sharing a story about your dad or about your recent vacation to Mexico. And then while you're telling your story, I'm thinking about, oh, I went to Mexico and I have a story, too, that I want to share. I'm going to in that process, I'm going to I'm stopping to listen to your story and I'm just waiting for the opportunity to tell mine. And that means I'm not really present in the conversation. And um, when I ha when I use the cards and facilitate, let's say, a dinner, people have to like their challenge is to come up with follow up questions, not with other stories. Right. And sometimes there's a challenge in knowing how to kind of interrupt the other person because sometimes people can get with a story and then they just go and go and go and go and go and go and all of a sudden you feel like well geez i'm left being left out of this and there is a skill to knowing how to interrupt and keep that conversation moving both ways can you share with us how to do that i actually believe that the conversation doesn't have to move both ways mm -hmm. i believe that if you want to connect with another person the more you listen and the more you ask questions, the more they will feel connected to you. Um, it's not always about us. Like I, I think if no, there come is something on, that come on, come on, I, yeah. I think if, if it's there not is always about me. <laughs> come on, <laughs> it's it's hard. I believe if there is a topic that comes up that you actually have something to share that um, like makes sense to contribute, you should be sharing that. Right. But if you can put yourself in the mindset of believing that every person has an interesting story, you just have to find, ask the right questions to find it, you'll con your conversations will flow much easier. Like I, I call it follow the light. When people light up about talking about a topic or an experience, you just keep asking questions about that and you just follow the thread along. And if you are generally curious about that topic too, then you both are going to have a great time. It doesn't need to be that both of both people are sharing. And there might be another time, another uh, the next time that you meet up where it's the opposite way. Right. Okay. Very interesting. 
I think I think this is just fantastic what you've done. And you just made a name for yourself as the guy who connects people, haven't you? It's been there's a lot of momentum that has happened in the last year or two. Yeah. Right. And I know that you're known as the Ask Deep Questions guy and your website is yonkek.com and that's J-A-N-K-E-C-K.com. And I guess you're on social media mostly around Ask Deep Questions. Isn't that right? Isn't that where I would find you? Yeah. And the easier website is also askdeepquestions.com. That will actually get you to my personal website too, because my name is not the easiest to to spell for people in sure. North America. Sure, sure. So it's just askdeepquestions.com. Well, I want to ask you some quick questions as yes. we move forward in this interview. And the first one is this. Who is one person who has really influenced mindfulness in your life? Hmm. Mindfulness. I think I'm going back to a person that has influenced, I think, when me, me a lot when I was growing up. And he was one of the leaders at a summer camp that I used to go to as a child. Um, and I wouldn't say, like, in terms of mindfulness, it's maybe just the way he was able to have this very calm, grounded energy, even when there's crazy chaos and kids running around and conflicts with with different different kids and and counselors and i feel like he in a way he he inspired me as well to be to be more mindful or or take up some of those qualities calm grounded energy definitely sounds like mindfulness and it it just ma makes me ask the question that do you think that experience at that summer camp had anything to do with what you're doing now how you're connecting people and you're all about storytelling and the video work you do do you think it has a, a connection i believe that the time that i spent going to summer camp myself and then being a counselor later on which was I think I went for nine years straight, was a huge part in in the way I I grew up and the things that I've learned and the things that I've, I'm still interested in because the biggest thing I took away from it was the, the sense and the power of community. Um, like the summer, the people that I went to summer camp with were definitely the, the main community that I had when I was growing up. And I feel like that's something that I would love to recreate. That's why I went to the adult summer camp when they when they came here to Toronto, and um, probably also reason why I still love camping. Right, it would make sense. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Jan? I think it helped me just be more aware of what my emotions actually are. Up until maybe a few years ago, before I really started getting into personal development. I think my vocabulary for emotions was very limited. And I thought in the beginning, maybe it's because English is not my first language. Maybe I just haven't learned the words, but I've also not used the words. So I actually looked up this whole, uh, there's this emotion wheel of emotions. I don't know if you've ever seen it, where no. they break down, I think it's the six core emotions into all the sub emotions. And then you can, like it splits up from there. And I looked at this chart and looked at the words and I'm like, I've only used maybe a handful of those words. And I think just 
for me, it was the first step was learning the vocabulary. Like what are, right. what are the actual emotions that exist and being mindful. And uh, for me, it's a lot of journaling that I do that, that helped me reflect on those things. Right. That's very interesting. We love emotions. I'll have to check that out. Uh, is breathing part of your mindfulness practice? Um, not consciously, I would say. Right. I think, yeah. Okay. Uh, could you recommend a book that's related to mindfulness in any way? So I was thinking about this, and I don't think I've read a specific mindfulness book, but there is a book that I love that is kind of related to what I do. Yeah. Um, I'll show it to you in the camera, but for the listeners, it's called Belong okay. by Radha Agrawal. She's the um, co-founder and CEO of Daybreaker, which is this early morning dance party. And her whole philosophy, like the book is all about how to find your people, create community and live a more connected life. And her cool. philosophy is about to find your people, you first have to go in and then you have to go out. So she talks a lot about different ways to be more mindful or explore who you are, what you value. And then you can use that as a basis to go out and find people that, that might align with that. This is great. I don't think anybody has ever recommended this book on my show before. Could you repeat the name and the author again? Yeah, it's called Belong by Radha Agrawal. Okay, and I'll put this in our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com as well. And is there an app that you would ever use or that you know of anybody that uses that can help with mindfulness? I would say one of the best apps for, for mindfulness is the Airplane Mode app. <laughs> of turning your phone into airplane mode so it doesn't let any uh, messages coming in and you don't have any distractions and you can actually focus on on being present more. Like I oftentimes say putting your phone away when you meet for a friend with coffee or for lunch is not only something that sh everybody should be doing, but it also sends a signal, hey, you are more important than anything else, at least for the time that we spend together. Right. I agree with you completely. I love that app. And I, I know that when we had our, our son uh, a few years ago, he's now 17, but one of the rules in our house was that when we sit down for a meal, we never have any kind of screens on, you know, any kind of screens. And uh, I know that when some of his friends would come over, they thought that it was very strange at our house and that we had so many rules and I didn't think we had very many rules, but to them, the perception was that because we had that rule, that we had so many rules. I mean, we had maybe a couple of others where we only let our dog into certain rooms. That was a rule. <laughs> but uh, even now, every once in a while, you know, we have to remind each other, you know, just a second, like, what's happening? <laughs> you know, why do you have your phone out? But it just takes a, a li little quick reminder and then... We're all on the same page with it, but I think that's I think that's great, and I think it's wonderful what you're doing. I think this is so true that in our modern society, I don't think we do, um, I don't think we do connect enough with each other. I don't think we spend enough time really talking about things that matter. So I want to thank you for what you're doing. I think it's fantastic. And can we get a deck of your cards right off your website at uh, askdeepquestions.com? 
Yeah, you can order them there. I also sell them digitally. So if you don't want to pay for shipping, you could get a PDF and print it yourself. Um, oh. And if you're in the US, by like in the next few days, my Amazon store should be st stocked up again. So you could order them directly with Amazon Prime. Oh, okay, Amazon. Okay, great. We'll, uh, we'll get on to Amazon and get a deck of your cards and we'll get talking and making real connections and close friends. And wow, thank you so much for being on the show, Jan. Thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to share a little bit of this, this mission that I have. My pleasure. All the best to you. Bye now. Take care. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. And remember, if you're thinking of launching your own podcast, you can get a free month at Podbean with its awesome pricing and fantastic stats. Uh, you can just do that by going to podbean.com slash podbeanmm, standing for mindfulness mode. So remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.